This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author and series editor of the Pearson Digital Enterprise series, Thomas Earle. Hi, this is Thomas Earle, and welcome to another episode of the Real Digital Transformation podcast. Today, I have with me Roger Stoffers, enterprise architect at the Volksbank in the Netherlands, and also, of course, the co-author of A Field Guide to Digital Transformation. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Thomas. It's good to be here. Thank you, Roger. So today, we're going to be talking to Roger about business capability mapping and its relevance to digital transformation, something that I'm looking forward to learning more about. Let's jump right into it, Roger, but for whom this is something new, perhaps begin by giving us a brief overview of what business capabilities are, what business capability mapping is, and what is a business capability model? Yeah, it's really uh, related to what an organization can do or should be doing in order to achieve or realize their mission and vision using a strategy of business capability mapping. And a business capability is, an, if you will, an essential ability of an organization with a clear purpose that provides value to their strategic goals and is positioned as a reusable business component. And then the map, it would be an aligned or coherent set of essential business capabilities collectively required to realize and support the organization's strategy in order to achieve their strategic goals. And the key here is notion of it being a coherent set, similar to making up a car, unless you put them together in a very specific way. Similarly, business capabilities on their own are not helpful unless they are coherently assembled in a business capability model in such a way that they are geared towards collectively realizing certain strategic goals. So, Roger, just sorry to interrupt, but you you Mm -hmm. referenced an example about cars and car parts. Within that context, what is an example of a business capability? Yeah, one quite common example of a business capability could be customer management which will be related obviously to customer information and managing the customer business processes or the customer-related business processes that in the end lead to mastering the information of customers. So customer management is a business entity within an organization and therefore we refer to it as a business capability. Mm, Close, because business capabilities are not the same as business entities. Business capabilities can have business entities that help establish the bounded context or the functional context of that business capability. You see, business capabilities with their processes are responsible for managing certain key business information. For example, with the customer management business capability, we would most likely expect it to manage customer-related business entities. And it's the master or the um, how do you call that? The um, the chef of that information. Any other application or process or business capability in general, which would need customer information, would need to interact with the customer management capability for accessing or changing customer-related data. And we do this to create a landscape of multipurpose interfaces around those business capabilities, which can be used by anyone in the organization, whilst keeping investments as a, at a minimum. Capabilities can own business entities and they can use business entities from others, but they are not the same as business entities. So business capability is a function that an organization can perform. Is that a good way of putting it? 
function or an ability. I prefer mm-hmm. to use the term um, ability because with the word function, it's easily related to business functions. And I'm not clear I even could explain the difference between business functions and business capabilities. Understood. So when we do business capability mapping, what exactly are we mapping? Well, we're mapping the organization's abilities. And the idea is that you can use a business capability map with all its abilities or capabilities on it as a mechanism that is part of the strategy to realize mission and vision of such an organization. So customer service management as a business capability, what would I map that to as an example? So when we do business capability mapping, what we really do is we establish which capabilities are relevant to the organization's strategy, and we visualize those on a business capability map. So the mapping exercise might lead to a visualized map of sorts, structured in such a way that it conveys a certain message, a certain important key message that is relevant to an organization at a given point in time. Do you map the business capabilities to different business processes, or is there no relationship there? There is a relationship, actually. It's it's a similar relationship to business entities. You see, a business capability and business capability mapping are representations of what an organization should do. So it's a stable view as long as the strategy doesn't change. But it doesn't show how they do it. So how business processes work and which automations help or how many people help to operate the business processes or the capability in general, those are part of the how a business capability performs its function and achieves its purpose. It's a very simplistic explanation of what is a business capability that references processes. It's this one. A business capability is sort of a coherent set of business processes managed by people responsible for certain key information, aided with automation, all within a distinct functional scope. Yes, there is a relationship between capabilities and business processes, but they're not the same. Business processes are part of the implementation or the realization. So we're an organization undergoing a digital transformation. We have a business capability model and we understand the scope of what our capabilities are now, but we want to grow. We want to enter new business markets. And so we're investing in digital transformation to enhance our business solutions, to establish a proper and effective digital presence. How does business capability mapping relate to that initiative? How does it relate and how does it perhaps even support our goals when it comes to digital transformation specifically? Yeah, I would say that a digital transformation is a business transformation with a certain clear upfront strategic goal that needs to be solved with a, with a new mission or vision that belongs to the digital transformation. And business capability mapping is just a means of managing business strategy. So I think we could find a fit where the business capability mapping exercise can truly support that digital transformation just as an instrument of managing strategy and business change. Of course, many other approaches exist and and business capability mapping is not the silver bullet for digital transformation. But if positioned as an instrument for realizing a new strategy and if digital transformation is a massive transformation with severe strategic impact in many ways, then perhaps business capability mapping is a suitable instrument for this. As you were saying that, it just made me think, one of the shifts that we typically undergo with a digital transformation, as you know, is a move from a product-centric organizational structure, a product-centric 
representation of our online systems and how we present customer experiences to the outside world. A move from that toward a customer-centric approach whereby we consolidate both internally our organizational departments to become more cross-product, more customer-focused as opposed to product-focused, and then to carry that forward into how we build and enhance our digital business solutions. Do you see a relationship between that significant organizational and business model shift in how we would map business capabilities or how we would approach business capability mapping? I think so, yes. There is um, there is a, a link there. There are several ways of, of dealing with this, but I'm assuming here that a product-centric organization generally has multiple customer interactions re-implemented for every product or product line or service they offer. Customer onboarding, configuring the initial product, making changes throughout the life cycle of a product. It is similar across the various offerings, but because of the siloed nature of how an organization is structured around products, they typically have these processes and their interactions re-implemented for every product silo. Often organizations also manage different customer records for different products in such a situation. We might even have different customer management and customer records for every product, for every brand they sell. Now, if we would do a business capability mapping exercise in such a situation, then most likely there would be a product-related capabilities, a set of product-related capabilities, and all user interaction will be comprised, so hidden inside these capabilities. We would not be able to distinguish that. We might not even be able to distinguish a mature customer management capability in the map since that would be distributed across the product silos. and There's not one single responsible entity in the organization that manages customers. Now, if you would need to change from product-centric to customer-centric, we would now need to put the customer first instead of the product. And for that to work in the capability map structure, we need to make sure about two things. First, we ensure that customers and products are separated. And second, we make sure that the customer-related interactions and products sold distinctly are separated. And we could then foresee a map with customer management capabilities and product-related capabilities. And what we then still lack is that omni-channel customer journeys that give your organization its customer centricity. And a few things need to happen for that, specifically the positioning and support for various use cases. We do this by establishing a number of implementation principles. For starters, we need to establish what we call a single business functionality implementation principle. We build every functionality only once, and that means that we should support many use cases, and it should be built for multiple business processes to use it. That means a number of flexibility options for each business functionality. Specifically, we should not hinder a functionality from being used by a specific channel or device or customer group or product, etc. And that way, any functionality can have the option of being used anywhere in any situation. Roger, before you continue, could you provide mm-hmm. an example of what you just described, perhaps in relation to a digital business solution a customer interacting with it previously when it was more product-centric mm-hmm. and upon having applied customer-centric enhancements, a customer now interacting with it. How do those two interaction scenarios relate differently to how we may, behind the scenes, have been mapping our business capabilities? Yeah, so let's, um, I work for a bank, right? So let's let's take something that is close to me in my current engagements. 
So a bank might have current account management and savings account management, and they might sell mortgages and loans and investments, etc. Now, if we have these product silos that deal with customers individually, then each of those products might manage their own customer records and customer interactions. So if I wanted as a customer to have a bank account, I went to the bank and the bank would help me with that. So we set up the customer account, we set up the current account, we link them together, and then I can do my payments or whatever I need to do with the current account. And next, if I wanted to come back and I'm buying a house or I need a mortgage, then if the mortgage product was siloed similar to all the other products, then we need to reestablish myself as a customer. Then we need to reestablish all the information that we might already have with the current account. But we need to still um, capture all that information again and make sure that within the context of that mortgage application, everything is there. We would not be able to reuse anything that is already established in the current account, for example, my identity. Now, if we switch to a customer-centric approach, then the customer interactions, they will be dealt with from customer perspective and not from product perspective. So anything that is related to managing the interaction with the customer will be managed regardless which product the customer will be buying. So we could really establish the customer record, we could really establish the identity of the customer, etc., independently of the products. And, we, and then we could reuse that across the various products. In this scenario, what is the business capability that is involved? That is a really good question, uh, because that gives us a bit of hands-on. So let's assume we have three capabilities there. Customer management, payment account management, and mortgage management. So we have two product-related capabilities for payments and mortgages and one for customer. Now, in a customer-centric approach, we want to make sure that still those three capabilities that we just mentioned, that they remain as autonomous as possible. So we give them customer management manages customers, payment account management manages payments and all the payment transactions, and mortgage management manages customer's mortgage in operation. Now, if... As a customer, I want to engage or interact with the organization, with the bank in this case, and I want to change something about the settings in my products, then we need probably a fourth capability to manage every change coherently in sync across all the autonomous capabilities there. So we need something that manages the omni-channel customer journeys, and we could call that customer engagement or customer interaction or whatever you call that, but that will be responsible for the seamless omni-channel user experience the customers could have. Okay, so just one more question about this scenario. So the three business capabilities you just identified, those were present for when the digital business solution had already been enhanced with customer-centric features. So if you look at that scenario and those three business capabilities and then go back in time to when the organization was product-centric, mm -hmm. did not have those enhancements, would those three business capabilities have still been involved or would they have been defined differently? So what definitely will be different is that there would not be this customer engagement or customer interaction capability. So anything related to ordering and fulfillment will be enclosed or encapsulated inside the product silos. So anything related to current account ordering and customer management will be inside the product silo for 
current accounts, and similarly for the other types of products, for example, mortgages. Okay. And then most likely, there would also not be a centralized customer management capability that manages customers across all products, because those product silos typically operate independently. And that means they manage their own customer records and processes. So a customer engagement business capability, it sounds like a type of business capability that would be relevant to many organizations that are undergoing digital transformation, regardless of what industry they may be in, just because it relates to customer-centric enhancements, and then would be a focal point in terms of their overall business capability model, I would assume. One aspect of digital transformation that I'm also curious about whether or not there is a relationship with this is how we often need to re-engineer or optimize our business processes, our operational workflows because of the enhanced automation opportunities that are available to us, whether, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's improving our infrastructure, whether it's bringing in RPA bots to optimize certain parts of our business tasks. When we do that as part of this type of initiative, does that just improve how the capability is carried out? Or does that in some other way change how we approach business capability mapping? Yes. Yeah, so if we take the assumption that business capabilities really are abilities, so business processes that an organization execute with people and maybe aided with automation and responsible for certain key information, then the business capabilities, they describe what we do and not how we do it. So the map describes what we do. And when we're looking for what to put on the capability map, we probably wouldn't see technology-related capabilities. So assuming RPA or data science technology it can be used to realize parts of certain business capabilities, we wouldn't need to consider the use of certain technologies during the business capability mapping exercise. It wouldn't be visible in the map from this point of view. But having said that, in order to make a, a capability efficient and effective and, and, and fast, etc., we might, of course, consider certain automations. And automations could be building applications or sourcing from external, um, like SaaS solutions or commercial off-the-shelf solutions. But we could also, of course, employ RPA technology to automate certain steps in business processes. There is no nothing that goes against it. It will probably make the business capability more effective, but it wouldn't affect what goes on the map and what doesn't. There is one exception or one but here, if you will. That is, of course, we need certain platform services to be available in the map. So anything that is supporting the organization from platform point of view, we need platform services to be available to all the people building and comprising business processes. And that needs to be there. But I wouldn't call that, I don't know, uh, RPA management or whatever, but maybe that would be a an architecture and an application capability. And of course, certain technologies could be part of that. So we could architect applications that employ RPA technology in order to automate certain steps in the business processes. That could still happen. Do you ever have metrics associated with business capabilities? Are they ever measured in terms of their effectiveness? Yes, definitely. So assuming that there is a certain group of people, a team responsible for a certain capability, we can measure many things. We can manage the 
regular DevOps metrics like um, the change rate, the lead time for a change to go into production, the capacity that they do. They could we could even have a failure rate measurement there. We could measure data quality, complexity, costs. Uh, there are many things that we can measure and we can compare across the capability map to understand how to shape and evolve the capability map to a more mature state. Interesting. So one of the things you may see by improving your automation is better results from how you measure the capabilities. You'll see lower failure, higher performance. So it's primarily about improving those capabilities and then incorporating customer engagement wherever applicable as well. Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. Last question, Roger. When we think about what distinguishes digital transformation and contemporary digital business solutions, we focus a lot on data science being at the heart of them and helping shape how they work, how they perform, helping us also strategically position them. But when we get to a point, we're discussing how AI now can be part of a digital business solution and can carry out decisions independently, take some decision-making responsibilities away from humans and automate those. If that's part of a business process we're automating, does it relate to business capability mapping? The fact that decision-making is now automated when previously it wasn't. Do we care about that from a business capability perspective? Probably not, I would guess. Yes, it's important that we care about certain uh, improved ways of, of making decisions. But um, it's always about which decisions you want to make, not how you make them. So what we do instead of how we do it. Just as an example, some advanced analytics or advanced automated decision-making could be used to do a behavioral prediction of what customer will do next. But then I would probably say that there is a customer behavioral prediction capability, if you will, that perhaps uses AI to foretell what the customer will do next or which will which will decide what are the most the three most likely steps the customer will do in the next two minutes. And you could use that as input during a customer interaction. So if, if I'm on a website and I have this customer behavior prediction capability, that capability could predict what the next item in the menu will be that the customer will click. And I could preload all the data related to that in a focused way make sure that the customer has the best possible experience. Or if um, the customer has, I don't know, three things to choose from in the menu, but he or, let's say um, he's interested in a new product, uh, but he already has a mortgage and he already has a current account, maybe he's still interested in a savings account. So part of that next best action or next best customer behavioral prediction capability. We will probably not advise current account information or, or information about mortgages, but still keep it focused to what would be a likely product, the savings product, which might be the best opportunity to help the customer at this point in time. Mm -hmm. That's actually quite interesting, Roger. So if I understood correctly, the use of AI can introduce new business capabilities. You just mentioned one customer behavior prediction capability. So that's mm -hmm. a business capability that would not have existed prior to us using artificial intelligence to provide that capability. Is that correct? It might have existed, but it would be a fairly dumb version of what you could do with AI, I guess. Maybe it would take yesterday's data and, um, I don't know, the customer 
age and the customer might become 18 tomorrow. With yesterday's data, we might decide that tomorrow they might be interested in a savings account. Mm. But it's really not very adaptable to the actual interactions the customer has. Now, with introducing AI and real-time decisioning and real-time analytics, we might change the or improve the implementation in such a way that we can do it almost at near real time, which is quite interesting because if the customer is clicking and browsing on our website, we might even build a profile that says, yeah, you you might be interested in a savings account, but uh, we've learned from your search queries that you are also starting an organization. Maybe you need a current account for your new organization as well. And let us offer you a good deal for that. Okay. As with our example with automation, a digital business solution may not actually introduce new business capabilities, but will result enhancements to them. Same with what Mm -hmm. we just went over here. The predictive capability may have existed in a more primitive form previously, but the use of AI will improve how that capability is carried out and thereby also the results of our metrics. So great. That link between how we map capabilities and how those capabilities can improve is very insightful. But what really sticks out in my mind from our conversation today is how a customer-centric focus results in a potentially new capability, a customer engagement business capability, which I can see become very central and and important to how we uh, carry this type of mapping out moving forward with multiple, potentially multiple digital business solutions. Um, Roger, is there anything further you would like to add? Do you have any advice for business analysts that have already been working with business capability mapping and maybe part of an organization undergoing digital transformation? So yeah, the, the, the thing that I learned from my own personal experiences with business capability mapping is that it's key to focus on what should be on the map and how it contributes, how it adds value to the strategy or, or the goals of an organization. Because if you don't keep that in mind, you cannot use the capability map as an instrument to realize that those strategic goals. And another thing that I learned, my own mistakes, my own learnings, at certain point in time, I would be adding technology-related capabilities to the map. So I would have an AI capability and a, an integration or an API capability and an event streaming capability, etc. But the problem is that it's not very resilient to change over time. The idea is that the business capability map, it should be a stable instrument that you can use over many years that doesn't change unless the mission and vision changes, unless the strategy changes. And and if you keep that in mind, technology-related stuff shouldn't be reflected in the map, in the names of the capabilities, etc. And I think that's um, an important learning and an important lesson that I learned. Awesome. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was very insightful and very interesting and look forward to having another discussion with you in the future, Roger. Thanks for having me, Thomas. It was really nice doing this and looking forward to our next talk. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn and connect to the Pearson Digital Enterprise Series via social media at www.architura.com community.